to the Daft Souls podcast. I'm joined again by Joe Scrabbles. Hello. And special guest this time, Kate Gray. What's up? How are you doing, Kate? I'm very well, thank you. Those of you who might not know your work, you used to be a writer for a bunch of future magazines. All of them, All basically. of them, at one point or another. Yeah. <laughs> Except OPM. Except OPM. So, so I've done O&M and OXM. Guys. Didn't own a PlayStation, so... <laughs> and now you do stuff at GameSpot. I do. Uh, but Kate's a fantastic um, writer and of video person. Which is sort of like a good combination. Yeah. Very much. I mean, you would say that. But. I would say that because it's what I do as well. You're a cyber renaissance woman. That's what they call me. Yeah. It's weird. <laughs> it's weird that they all say that independently of one another. That is weird. It sounds like they're describing a, one of the weaker Doctor Who episodes. Or just it? like oh. the, You see the one with the cyber renaissance woman? Yeah. <laughs> Yes. Yeah, she was a lesbian lizard. Interesting. Yeah. I so think now, that is actually a character. I think it is. Yeah, yeah is that a is. Lesbian lizard. That mm. is. I think Cybon Renaissance Woman was one as well. I should point out. <laughs> I should point out at this point that I've just flown back this morning from the states, uh, doing some work with Shut Up and Sit Down. So I've had about three hours sleep in the last forty-eight hours. It was mm. probably completely inadvisable for me to even do a podcast this evening. Yeah, but I thought <laughs> we pull it away. That explains why you're wearing all that that Union Jack. Uh, not Union Jack. Fuck! I ruined my own joke never mind do you want to do it again <laughs> no I was going to say you were wearing a Star Spangled Banner onesie oh that makes sense and drinking Coca-Cola out of the taps yeah and I'm all not... those American things and not... shooting guns shooting guns wow. yeah I've actually developed the ability when I'm in America now to work out what item on the menu has the most broccoli in it because it's broccoli specific. well the thing is it's, I'm not a big broccoli man it's just mm-hmm. that America is very bad at Ooh, fresh veg they sneak broccoli into some weird dishes well, they love America. it. It's because it's. I think it's one of those super healthy things. So well, like, not when they've had their way. I know, I know. That's the thing is they go, broccoli is really healthy, so mm-hmm. you just eat like all of the bad stuff you normally eat, and then you eat a large quantity of broccoli as well, which somehow fixes the rest of it. They have a very strange approach to nutrition. Yeah. I say strange, it's just mostly bad. Um, but not all of America, obviously. It was just I was not, you know, yeah. in one of the more cool, hip joints of the, the land so I'm re- I was really distracted by the fact that you said I'm not a big broccoli man and now I'm imagining <laughs> oh, if you were <sighs> if you grew your hair out a bit more and like dyed it green big I have also photographs. turned green I have photographs of myself with hair that looks tremendously like a broccoli actually <laughs> So there we go. In fact, I have a picture on my computer I'm thinking of, which I can Photoshop to be green. So I'll, I'll nice. send you. This isn't for you guys, sorry. Listen to the podcast. No problem. But you can imagine. Guys. This is just for Joe. I'll send Joe a picture of me looking a like big a big broccoli, broccoli man. man. <laughs> and he can do what he likes with it. Oh, That's no. the thing. You're closer to a big broccoli man than almost anyone else I know. Yeah, no, I, you, you're not wrong. <laughs> you're kind of fibrous and, and healthy. Fibrous and healthy. Yeah, like broccoli. Yeah. Let's <laughs> get that onto my business card. Um, I'll briefly say what I've been playing recently because I've not been mm. playing much. Um, I finished The Witcher 2 the other day. Witcher 2? Yeah, Assassins right. of Kings. Oh. Oh, which I went back to because people said, thanks, thanks Kate. Um, <laughs> that was, <laughs> I deserve that. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it's fine. It's because I kept, as somebody who has not managed to really spend more than half an hour Witcher 3, I've had loads mm. of people going, well, you should do the second one because it's like... You can carry the same and it's quite cool. Hmm. And I was like, yeah, all right. And people kept saying to me as well, like, oh, it's not actually that long. Like, which is funny because I remember when it came out, all the reviews being like, oh, it's 60 hours, 70 hours. It's totally not. Like, huh. I mean, there's a side stuff you can do. But when you, when you get like halfway, well, when you get to the point where you feel like you're halfway through it, it accelerates very quickly. Oh, right. And there's not a lot going on. That's interesting. Um, which was all right. It meant I kind of just got to do what I wanted, really, just hmm. blasting through the plot. Although it's also like quite... It does kind of become quite obvious that CD Projekt Red were really 
um, didn't manage that project very well. You can just see it's like, it's still a good game, but mm. it's one of those things where the first act of that game, which is what I played the most, because yeah. I played it about three times on different consoles. That big castle idiot. assault and all that stuff. The big castle oh, assault. Oh, God. Big swampy uh, land with the oh, yeah. weird creatures. Swampland. Oh, yeah. That's the only bit I played because then I was like, nah. Well, if you didn't <laughs> like exactly that what Jim said as well yeah. on a previous podcast. Yeah, I like that bit. Swamp bit. But then there when was it... the, the nice sorceress lady. She yeah. was pleasant You kill that octopus. The octopus thing was all right. Good well, if you, didn't, if you didn't like that bit, then yeah. the rest of it would have been really disappointing. Because it does this thing of the first the first bit. It's like, yeah, you got these monsters. You've got to learn about the monsters. You've got to kill them. It's cool. And then afterwards, it's mostly just harpies. You're just killing harpies all the time. Oh. And it seems like they just ran out of enemies. <laughs> um, and you keep having, like, towards the end, it's like, oh, look, it's some more of those monsters that you fought, like, at the start. And you're like, you really... I don't know what happened, but it kind of really did feel like you're just going, oh, God, we've run out of time or money or something. And like, I kind of like to think that they had different rooms working on each level and they sort of were like oh let's all choose harpies but they didn't realise and they got together and they're like oh fuck we've all done harpies <laughs> oh god well, the thing, yeah like I interviewed one of CD Projekt Red's art guys okay. and they talked about how they all get assigned the th- well at least on Witcher 3 they all got assigned the things that they kind of like so there was oh. one uh, the lead animator I think really likes dogs so she just got to do all the dogs <laughs> and you're like that's a weird way to animate so, yeah. to do that. Like, it's cool. It's really cool because it, you they're going to pour more love into it. But maybe just, like, whoever was in charge of Everyone two. Everyone just fucking loved Harpies. Loved so the, the guy who was doing all the brothel sex weird scenes... titty birds. ...was a bit weird. He was like, oh, yeah, I'm going to animate them butts all good. And yeah. everyone's like, oh, I like dogs. <laughs> Can we have more dogs than butts? Two more dogs in the next one, guys. Yes. It's an arms race so you can make the most. Um, but yeah, um, and the last bit just had gargles. It was actually this weirdly sad thing in game mm. design in terms of being like, you get to this final, the final town bit, mm. and it's very much just a case of like, there is kind of a, a little city, but, and it has, you know, NPCs walking around a little bit, but. It's basically like, yeah, just and here's the plot. You go and do it. And there's like a, one of those quest boards where it's like, oh, can you kill gargoyles for this quest? It's like, who's going to do this? Like, it's so evident that the game is like really coming to a close. Yeah. This thing of like just going, ah, oh, here's the quest board. And you just get the sense that maybe that area was going to be bigger originally. But yeah. it had in any other game, they'd be like, well, we'll take that quest board out. Because, you know, it's going to make people think that the game's going to have a new arc when mm. it just doesn't. <laughs> They just stuck the quest board in front of the street that would have taken you to the rest of that city. Yeah, literally, so I just looked at it and it was like, kill Gargoyle. And I was like, no. And Fuck I literally off. just walked through a door and that, I think that was the last bit of any open-worldness in the, oh, nice. <laughs> in the game. But it was fun. Um, but I've got to say, like, the opposite experience I had when I had on the flight to the States I went on the other day, um, I just played to Sorcery 2. Oh yeah, it's finished. I've just done that too. Yeah, yay! Because I, I played the first one, and as you said, it was really short. Yeah, mm. it took about an hour and a half, two hours. Mm. Um, and then I second one's fucking enormous. The second <laughs> one is amazing. Yeah. yeah, and I mean, it, it says a lot about how much I got into it, and the fact that um, I was on the flight, and my little magical screen thing that does films was mm. broken, and I could have moved seats, but I just didn't. I literally just sat and played Sorcery Two. Solidly for eight and a half hours without Holy shit. anything else, and just the, finished the game. <laughs> nice, and you know, did all of the stuff. Like, did mm. it well? Maybe not all of it. I don't know. There was there was some. There is always stuff that you feel like you're missing in that game. Yeah, I looked Ooh. up one tiny thing and got this huge 
like essay of stuff and I was like I didn't know any of this yeah so that upset me that's what it is there was a character called Vic that I never yeah. met and I kind of think there must be a way to meet him which one's Vic he's the guy with the army of oh yeah yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. it's really I don't want to spoil it because the, yeah. again I think it was such a wonderful contrast to The Witch mm. 2 because The Witch 2 had this promise of a land full of strange monsters but mm. then actually just had like harpies. three yeah <laughs> and most of them were harpies um <laughs> And then in this, like especially in the second part, because I've played, I'm playing the third one again now, mm. and I've I've actually taken a different route through the wasteland because it is oh, kind yeah. of open world. Right? Yeah, once you get out of that first field, you're kind of yeah, <clears throat> do what you like. Yeah, um, and also because I've gone through the first two games, I've got loads more items, mm. and yeah. loads more spells that I couldn't yeah. do before. So even though I've lost <laughs> loads of my stamina because I've done loads of crazy things, <laughs> I've treated myself badly. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But I just loved, especially in in part two, City of Thieves, just the yeah. variety of weird, scary, interesting shit. So yeah, um, especially yeah, the, the stuff thing. that goes nowhere and it's not yes. intended to go anywhere. It just kind of happens, and you're like, "What?" It's just a cool thing for you to yeah. go. Oh, I died. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, no, uh, I don't think this. Is, well, but judge whether this is spoiling it. You've all played it. The the bit there's a district filled with like. Weird little people with laser vision. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. And you're I like, was say the name. That, that might was, be a spoiler. I don't know. That was very frightening. Yes. yes, and it's really weird. And it's just, it's not as if you go through the city and go, oh, there's that, there's a, you know, on the map. You're not going. There's that weird bit. You're just going down a street, and suddenly it's like <laughs> yeah. you're in the bad neighborhood, <laughs> and there's fucking weirdos with laser eyes. <laughs> it reminded me of um, Planescape Torment, actually. Oh, Just the fact yeah. that, that you have this city and there aren't any flagged bits. It isn't like, mm. oh, you're going to the death corridor. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's just like yeah. the fact there's this city and every time you go down an alleyway, it might just be something really normal mm. or it might be something absolutely crazy or it might be somebody trying to rip you off or it yeah. might be like something that's just going to kill you. Mm. Um, just this weird, lawless place where you don't know what's going on and everyone's... Most people seem to be out to get you. It's just enthralling. It yeah. really was. And also, it was the fact that even though the combat in that game is super simple, mm. you do, because of that, because it's just line drawings, you face so many interesting exactly. foes and yep. monsters. And yep. oh, I really, yeah. Very, it's very, very good. <laughs> I'm really so glad you said go back. Because I, yeah. mm. I was really impressed with three, and I love the the kind of. The time peak, the what's it called? The, the weird lighthouses of the time. Lighthouses yeah. of time. Yeah. And I thought that was really interesting and I like the kind of seven serpents idea. Mm. And, but the, the ideas in the second one are just so strong. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's really And the good. second one, I, I won't say what it does because that it is kind of a twist what it, what yeah. it does yeah. with it. But it's... It blew my mind that. Actually. Exactly. Because yeah. you get there and you, 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 there's, a, there's a point at which you're like, oh, I finished. That's weird. Like, I haven't done anything yeah. that I thought I would. And yeah, then it, it just like, goes, nope. No, you haven't finished. Or <laughs> yeah. you have if you want. No, but you, well, yeah, exactly. Because you, because it's an open story, you can just go, yeah. okay. If you feel like you're done, you can do it. <laughs> yeah. It's that nice thing of being like, it does, I suppose it's a classic video game thing of really like, you've kind of finished the game now if you want. Mm. Um, but if you actually want to go and do everything, then go and do everything now. I'd like to see what it does if well, you it's, don't do everything. Well, it's a very unsatisfactory... I think that's the thing, is it offers you an end, but yeah. it's a hugely unsatisfactory one. Oh, uh, really? is it? Oh, well, I think it must be, because, I mean, think about yeah, it. Yeah, you just yeah, go, yeah, yeah, I'm, no, I'm, yeah, I'm yeah, done, yeah. probably. Like, I don't care. Bye. Yeah, this yeah. Is bad, I didn't know I if care. it would offer some... Again, I can't get into it, but I didn't know if it would offer something that led you in a, like, a negative way to what where you need to go. If you see what I mean. But yeah, I'm assuming I, you can't. I think it's just it gives you the opportunity to just leave. To just... 
like Game to over. just be like this this isn't I mean it's hard to talk about it without yeah. spoiling but it's just mm-hmm. basically a thing it just has a surprise <laughs> and it basically like it's something that is to do with the city and it, it's it's just basically that like, it's not really your problem and that's mm. the thing it means if you want you can just be like oh this is kicking off yeah um do I want to try and help or <laughs> do I not care yeah. and there's no right answer because you know in the third game you've left the city and you're out in a new wasteland. And yeah, and it makes no difference what you did in the no, second one. Like, probably... I, think it, I think it mentions it once. Yeah, but it doesn't really affect your story. I no. kind of feel like the ending of the second one is similar to if you go through Life is Strange not talking to anyone and not doing any of the side bits that don't really make a difference to the main plot. Mm. But kind of add flavour. Yeah. Like if you just go, yeah, I'm done, see you later. It's like, why are you playing the game? Mm. Well, it's like at the end of the first game, I went and did a mad um, sort of quest that felt quite dangerous and scary. I got a key at the end that was like, oh, this key will open a gate in the second <laughs> game. And I was like, oh, awesome. And then you actually get to it and you think, you realise afterwards, actually, like, that's not, wasn't that useful, really. No, no. But it's fine. I mean, actually, and I've found like I've, I've had a thing in the third game which a character has popped up and helped me. Yep. Yeah. And I think that that probably exactly wouldn't have happened if, um, if not yeah. for... I think I actually mentioned that when I was saying go back because I... Because I know which character you're talking about, and it is so satisfying. There's some incredible stuff, though. I mean, it's it's not just the world be- building and the fact that when you walk into anywhere, you have this genuine fear, but not the kind of I, I've talked about it already. Not the fear that makes you think, "Oh, I'm not going to do it," because you still want to see how you die. Mm. And some of the deaths have made me laugh. They're out loud. so funny. Like <laughs> yeah. some of them are hilarious. Killed by a falling gentleman is a is I want, that's how I want to die. I haven't seen that one. <laughs> yeah, but I've I, I mean I won't spoil my favorite one. I'll tell you off there because mm. it's just so funny that I just I loved it <laughs> and actually I think I know what you meant when we were talking about the third one talking about the lake yes something in, in the area of the lake oh my god there's a thing yes. that happened to me this morning and yeah, yeah I just it, <laughs> it was just I yeah. was howling I was on the plane and I was just laughing out loud like a madman I was waking people up <laughs> uh, people were looking at me like they hated me <laughs> I already had three of the seats to myself on the plane so mm. it was really amplifying that hate you know um but wow, yeah. really, really strong. And uh, but the only thing is, I think there's a fourth. There's a fourth game, right? Yes. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. I think <gasps> it's either. Well, there's certainly another part after. There's four this. books. After, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I couldn't remember if it was four or five, but yeah, it certainly seems to be going to a uh, climax. At the end. Of and things, it has so. this fantastic, actually, overarching story yes. as well. Yeah, yeah, you yeah, get yeah. the sense of being like, yeah, like I'm now invested in the story. And I think the, the smartest thing about the. Um, the third one actually feels strangely weaker on that front. And it's like, you know, you've got to kill these seven serpents. And mm. it's like, you've got to find out what their weaknesses are. And then you've got to find out where they are. And then mm. you need to go and fight them. Mm. Which is like kind of fun. But the way it does it in the second one of actually having a system that requires you to... Interact with everyone and everything you come across. Yeah, well, it's almost like when you arrive, you're in this city. You don't know anything about it. You're mm. a tourist. And being a tourist is dangerous. In the same way it was in Planescape Torment. It's the mm. idea, if you don't understand the rules of this world... That's dangerous in itself mm. because you're going to make a mistake and get in lots of trouble. Um, but then you need to understand the culture of it because the, your story and the focus of uh, what you have to learn is about the kind of upper echelons of the society. Mm. So you need to understand the society in order to be able to kind of progress. And I think that's really nice. Mm. It's like it actually manages to make it so the game mechanic is learning about the world. Yes, yeah. And in a simple thing, often when people say things to you, you need, know, you need to know how to respond. And that's by without looking like you don't belong. <laughs> and the only way to do that is by listening and learning. Mm. It's, yeah. it's really cool. I think the response system is quite clever because <laughs> it's, it's sort of very subtle. The differences between maybe you have three or four responses 
And normally it'll be something like they ask who you are or what you're doing. And you can say, like, I'm searching for the crown and just go straight for, like, this is my mission. If you maybe want to find out more details about your quest, but on the other hand, maybe they'll get angry at you. So you just say, I'm a traveller. But maybe they don't like travellers. And the whole time you're looking at these responses going, I don't even know which one of these is good. Mm. But that, And again, the satisfying, particularly in the second game again, um, you can get a sense of from one person what someone else might like. So you kind of build up a reservoir of knowledge just by how you move around the city and in what order you've done stuff. And it gives you that incredibly satisfying thing of like, I've got this. I know exactly what I <laughs> yeah. need to do in this situation. And that's what's nice. And it's that, that combination of not just knowing which option to pick, but options that aren't there because you haven't got that information yeah. yet. Um, yeah. And yeah, I mean, even when I got to the kind of the point at which the second game reveals its hand in a way of what the deal actually mm. is, they just start throwing, there's all these elements of plot elements that I just didn't know about. And that was yeah. kind of crazy. I was like, all this stuff's going on. I'm like, what? Because <laughs> it's just suddenly like at a point at which it felt like the game was wrapping up. It's mm-hmm. suddenly revealing just how little I know about yeah. what's happening in this city. It's so good. Um, oh, it's really, really, really cool. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I love it a lot. And I'm actually kind of like, I'm plowing through them at such a rate now that I'm I'm worried I'm going to finish three and then be like, when's four? <laughs> like a thing that happened to me with three, because I got it on release day because I, you know, I was yeah. fully invested by yeah, that yeah, point. Yeah. Um, but... I came across, this is again testament to Inkle's work on it, I came across the first bug I'd ever found, which is I encountered right towards the end, um, uh, I encountered one of the serpents, but I couldn't fight it. It was too dangerous, and so I had to escape. But at that point, if you escaped it, for some reason that serpent never came back. And so I had an actual month of being alone in the world unable to finish and it was kind of amazing because it was basically my character just going what the fuck do I do and just wandering to everywhere he could and like sleeping on the docks all the time because I couldn't get anywhere and it it made it like strangely sort of uh like had get lent it this weird sense of pathos like I was just this traveller who couldn't do anything and then I eventually I just realised that there must be a problem and emailed Inkle and was like look I don't know whether I've just missed something here but I think there's a bug and they were like oh yeah you're right we're going to get patched in and like the next week it was in the game and you were like sweet and, but it kind of made the game better for me extended it to this point where it's like I'm just a wanderer, <laughs> unable to do what I need to do. And yeah. that's kind of so wise by the end of it. Yeah, well, no, that's <laughs> the thing. And that means I've like fully rinsed three, which is kind of interesting because mm. I don't know whether got, I would have. And the thing is, three as well is um, it, it kind of reminds me of, of Chrono Trigger in a way, mm. in the fact that you do have that thing of if you do stuff in the past, it will affect stuff in the future. Um, yeah. And. Or sometimes just just seeing what something the state of something in the future gives you a clue that lets you think to do something else in the past. Yeah, which is which is cool. But it's also the fact that because it isn't this simple thing of being like in the way that Chrono Trigger was like go back to these set times and everything is as it is mm. because you do physically control these little like beams of light that affect the time travel. Mm. It means that the process of actually painstakingly going and and checking every area of what it looks like in both time zones mm. 
takes ages. And yeah. so you kind of don't do it for everything. Like, no, no, no. But that's what's great, is it means you kind of remember a hint. You're like, oh, hang on. Some... And you kind of, it's almost like it's that nice thing of when you get there, you've got a hunch. You've got this thing of being like, I yeah. wonder if when I get here, and when you're right, it feels so good. Because it is that like, it's not like everywhere you go has a secret. It's like yeah. the proper puzzle element. Of, yeah. Like I remember somebody mentioned a particular type of a group of people and knew something. And I was like, how do I... I was like, I wonder if I, oh, and I did this thing and I yeah. went there and then sure enough, I got like a clue. I got what I wanted. Yeah, but it's also really good at not letting you get away with failure. Like, so there's a, there's one character quite early on who's sort of like, he's this priest up a pole. Yeah. You come across in like a desert and I had a chat with him and I got something wrong and he got, taken away by giant bird people and killed. (laughs) And there is no way I can ever stop that from happening. And that's what's perfect about it is like, no matter how much control I have over like the landscape's time, Mm. I can't take away the fact that I fucked this guy and he's been dropped on mountains by bird people. And like, I never have another interaction with him. And I really like that. I really like the fact that they go, you are not in control here. You can't erase all your mistakes. I mean, you can... You could do the flip back the page thing. But yeah. in my case, I was just like, I don't want to. That's what happened. That's my mistake. Yeah, like, uh, yeah, because he just gave me a really good item. <laughs> See, there we go. He, like, lent me a necklace and then he died. And I was like, well, I guess it's mine now. <laughs> yeah. And I didn't kill him, so I don't feel bad. Yeah, I didn't yeah. get that. But there's a lot of really permanent stuff in there, like swearing yeah. allegiance to gods and stuff. You're yeah. like, oh, do I want to be your follower? Yeah. When well, two, there's a very specific god that you're like, this is bad. <laughs> yeah. I, messed that up. I got it right the first time because I wanted that. I wanted that weirdness in my next, in the next game. Mm. But then because of events... Mm. I went to him and I was like, can I be your friend? And he was like, no, you're really evil. Sorry. And I was like, oh, no. Yeah, I had that as well. It was like, like, you killed a man? Yeah. Yeah. I don't even remember who. Oh, I did kill a man. Yeah. No, I remembered it. I was just helping out my mate. Yeah. It was that classic thing. He killed one guy. I'm like, well, I'll kill the other guy then. Yep. I didn't think about it. It's peer pressure. Yeah. Peer pressure leads you to murder royal guards. And then gods don't like you. I think I murdered the squid man. The cooking guy, the oh, chef, squid. Oh, yeah, there's a fantastic um, Easter egg there. Did you see the, the thing through to completion there? I don't know. I'll tell you afterwards. I don't know. There's an unbelievable <laughs> bit. That was, that was one of the moments where, like, you howl out loud laughing. <laughs> um, and even nice things, the fact that you, you carry through all your, your items that you get through the games, but some of it's junk. It's like, mm. yeah. I had these, like, really important um, things in the second game that were these documents that were, like, a really helpful part of me solving the puzzle in the second mm. game. Mm. I've still got them with me in my third. Exactly. Yep. And now I use them uh, when I need to set fire to something. Like, <laughs> nice. It's like, That's really cool. It's like, oh, you got a tinderbox. box. What do you want to burn? I'm like, yeah, I'll burn that. Like, yes. <laughs> it's like burning all this documentation I've been carrying around like a mad secretary. I've got teeth. I've got teeth coming out of my cool. wazoo. Yeah. I see. Yeah. They're quite nice. useful. I've not got many teeth. I, I got so teeth. many teeth. I tried to sell my own teeth. Did you? Didn't work. Oh. I didn't. I checked it out. I was like, oh, I might need them for a quest. You don't know. <laughs> I might need my own teeth. What if one of the serpent's weakness is teeth? And I'm just like, shit. <laughs> <laughs> you must throw a bag of your own teeth. <laughs> yeah. At the serpent of Give dentistry. Give his tail a little nibble and you shall defeat him. But no, I don't have any. Never mind. Oh, it's a, if you haven't worked this out already, it's a very good series. Yes. Wicked. You should uh, You should get on board. Anyway, Kate, what have you been playing recently? Uh, Fallout. Obviously, you've been yeah. playing for it. Okay, I, I haven't. So, oh, okay. Feel free to talk about it. Cool. Uh, well, 
Uh, we got it about a week early, but we couldn't tell anyone. So that was fun. So I was taking all these screenshots. I, I shot a man in the arse. I couldn't show anyone. And it was upsetting. Oh, it's tragedy. Tragedy. <laughs> it's my life. Um, so probably a Greek tragedy. I think that is literally, yeah, yeah, the, the bum shooting. Yeah, they That's were well into bums back then. Bum shooting. In Greek, it sounds better. <laughs> Shut up. Um, yeah, so <laughs> I had all this stuff, all this stuff that was happening, all this emergent gameplay or whatever was happening, and I was like, oh, I need to show someone, because that's the whole point of games. You just want to show people. It's not for you. It's for it's for social media, you know? <laughs> it does feel a bit like that, especially I, I know it's that early this year with MGS5. It was yeah. this thing of as soon as it was out, everyone was just... Um, yeah wanted to show what they found with mm. everyone and it kind of was like what are you doing because the whole the whole joy of the game is exploration and mm. and it was like I felt like I had to just not look at it because I was playing MGS5 yeah. and I was like you're just ruining everything mm. like every yeah. tiny surprise because everyone's like oh it's fine it's just one thing but when you're like you've got a feed full of hundreds of one thing <laughs> yeah. it's like well that's it's yeah. kind of cool now when I see stuff that I'm like oh shit I you know I played that for like 50 hours yeah. and never saw that like like there's a very specific animation for people falling out of trucks in a certain way. <laughs> I can't remember exactly what it is, but it's one of those things where you're like, no way. That sounds very much. Yeah. yeah. And you're like, that's cool. But if I'd seen that at the time, I'd just been doing it. <laughs> so Fallout 4 is we've been having like questions about that a little bit. Um, we're not co- we're not really covering it on Call Ghosts because oh. um, it's kind of an interesting one. Um we're just neither of us are really interested in it. Neither me or Quinn's are particularly interested in playing it because it yeah. doesn't seem to. And I was I was waiting on reviews, and I was kind of worried that the, the original spirit of Fallout had been lost to time and just basically been like kind of uh, copied over with the spirit of Fallout Three, which was kind of a sort of copy of a copy. And I just thought, <laughs> yeah, I'm not. I know not as neither as into Bethesda like games as much. Whereas mm. I know for some people it really just clicks into their brain. Mm. Well, for tons of people, and I think it's one of these things where actually like. Almost all sites are, are covering it because it's a huge it's traffic. Huge. Well, oh, oh yeah. God. Like, yeah. I, I, being, was. being behind it, you kind of look at it and go, you can write Fallout 4 and people will read it. And mm-hmm. for anything. Yeah. yeah. I anything. have done some nonsense news videos. It's really strange. <laughs> like, they're like, based on, like, tweets from Bethesda. And I'm just like, look at this tweet. Yeah. People done. go nuts. I remember when I was at OXM when Skyrim launched. And I remember mm-hmm. at the time my online editor... Um, Edwin saying to me like when I was writing my kind of two or three weekly things for the site mm. you'd be like oh you don't have to but if you can write something about Skyrim <laughs> yeah. yeah just because even after launch anything with Skyrim is Skyrim just, still traffics to this day bonkers numbers it is insane yeah. so it's one of these weird things where it's like it's not that we don't like Fallout 4 it's just that I'm not especially interested in it it's mm. clearly a huge fucking game and I've got mm. enough of them that I want to play already like I haven't yeah. Finished MGS5, I haven't played The Witcher 3, and I would like to play them. Mm-hmm. And also, it's like one of these weird things where if you are a website where traffic is important, i.e. like the majority of websites, then yeah. not writing about Fallout 4 all the time is madness. Yeah. But because we're not, we just sort of figure like, we might as well just skip this one. Really. Yeah, yeah. it's better enough. to do things you actually care about. It just happens that I, I'm so entrenched in the Fallout stuff because we're doing the Fallout show, we're doing Fallout features, I'm doing news about Fallout, and I'm playing Fallout, so I'm just like, well, I don't have anything else to talk about. Not, so no, let's no, do no, it. no, no, I'm not saying oh, no, because that's, that's what's good. Is it's like, yeah. I, I know that there are people, we get lots of questions about it, and I. Yeah. I'm unable because I don't. I'm not it's interested. nice to be um, a fan of it rather than someone who is, you know, writing about it and, and kind of. 
I'm trying to still keep far enough back from it. That I still do like the game. Good, Because I good. can understand that the people who are writing the walkthroughs must hate it right now. Yeah. Because I see IGN screenshotting like, every single thing they find. I'm like, couldn't do that. That'd be boring. Yeah. Nope, not yeah. for me. But no, uh, got the wrong end of the stick. I mean, it's good <laughs> because we're not really going to talk about it. Yeah. So talk about it. Let's. Okay. Well, uh, the thing I feel about Fallout 4 is that the first hour or two is pretty slow. But it's like that with most big games. They have the luxury to stretch out. So it sort of goes like, yeah, just wander around for a bit. And then it hits you with the big story. And it's like the Bioshock Infinite to the rest of Fallout's Bioshock. It's so much weirder. It's not Bethesda at all. It's like all this weird stuff happens. You're like, this isn't Fallout. This is weird. Um, Like properly weird, weird things that I can't say because spoilers. Um, But like when it happens, you're just like... There's a hint of that. I've played a few hours. Yeah. And I've been sidetracked in a way that I will talk about shortly. (laughs) But there's a hint of weirdness that I didn't expect Mm. that has made me feel slightly odd about the story. Like, not necessarily good. Oh, no. Okay. Maybe maybe I just don't know what it is you're talking about. Okay. There's an old lady. What kind of weird, though? Because the thing is, I love. Mystical weird. Magical weird. Oh, no. Mm, no, not that. Not magical. I don't want magic in my Fallout, basically. Okay. I want dumb science. I want dumb it, atomic science. plenty of dumb science. It, it just gets weird. It's weird dumb science. Okay, because the sense I get from it is that it's um, closer in tone as you walk around and just experience the world to the old Fallouts. Like, it is, mm. it's not quite like there is a TARDIS now, like yeah. the really old Fallouts, but it is significantly stupider on a on a more regular basis than Fallout 3 was. It's not wacky. It's not as wacky as any of the previous Fallouts. You no. know what was funny, though, is that we were, I was talking about this um, with Quinns when I saw him this morning, which was 30 hours ago. <laughs> um, and we were talking about Fallout and what the kind of essence of it was. And I think it's weird how a lot of the, some of the wackiness has come through, mm. but it wasn't really the wackiness that made it. Like those little random things where you discovered like the entire cast of like Star Trek yeah. in a field or, you know, the doctor's phone box or mm. the Monty Python thing. They were like sideshow random lots, mm. mm. but generally it had this sort of thick vein of, of humour which was just jet black. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. I think that's what's been lost is the fact that it I has agree. the kind of funny, weird stuff like, oh, lol. Yeah. And with the trailer when it was all like dressing up as different things, I was like, yeah. It's that it was more the fact that like sometimes the jokes in Fallout 1 and 2 were so dark that mm. you weren't even sure if they were funny. <laughs> like, yeah. It was more that sort of like that horrible black humour that just makes you kind of scrunch your face up and go, oh, you fuckers. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I find that most of the humour in Fallout 4 is player generated. It's all to do with like you fucking around with bodies and, and doing nasty things to making their heads explode and dressing your dog up and stuff like that. There's not so much inside the dialogue or inside the actual world design. So I think that is a bit of a shame. I did notice that like quite early on. I was like, it's not, it's not as silly, and I do miss that. I kind of wish it was, but it wants to be taken seriously. I get. know, I get that. It's, I yeah. just find it very surreal. It is this thing of like, I mean, I wish it wouldn't happen to quite so many things that I love, but uh, <laughs> it just seems as I get older, it's just the way it hurt, works. Yeah. And now people like people are like mad for Fallout because they love Fallout Three, and Fallout Three was the first Fallout game they played. And it's mm. like yeah. you just—I feel like I'm just the old man at the back shaking <laughs> a stick in the air, going, "You don't know what you're missing." <laughs> Turn-based combat, children. It wasn't even that. It was just. <laughs> 
It's just that, you know, like even simple things in, in Fallout 2, like the fact they had this massive chess quest chain to, mm. to help the city so they give you something and then it ended with them just being like, yeah, we're not going to help you and you need to leave immediately <laughs> and you're never allowed back in the city ever again. Oh, and then the only cool. option at that point was to, uh, like, I think, well, there were, there were a variety of options, but for most people, mm. most characters, unless you were super fucking smart and charismatic, the only option if you wanted to ever go back into this massive place ever again was to kill everyone. Yeah. Oh. Which was like <laughs> fucking crazy, mm. uh, but yeah. I have found because obviously at Gamespot we all have to actually work on this game as an ongoing thing. We're all doing playthroughs, specific playthroughs, and mine is high charisma. So I started off with ten charisma, and I was like, "Well, let's see where this gets me." Probably nowhere. Basically, all it does is similar to The Witcher when he uses his magic mind spell. No one ever says no to me. I basically, I found not really bugs, but sort of weird, nonsensical dialogue options where I walked into this place by pretending to be a trader and I talked to the guy who'd let me in and I was like, hi, I'm a trader. And he was like, cool. And then I went, no, I'm not. And he was like, cool. And then I went, yes, I am though. And he was like, okay. And I was he meant to be stupid or am I just that charismatic? <laughs> I can't just, tell. He just really wants to impress you. Yeah. He was he just loved me, whoever I was. Interesting. <laughs> yeah, so that's basically what happens when you have loads of charisma. People give you money and believe anything you say. It's quite nice. It sounds like being Gav Murphy. <laughs> Does it? <laughs> I don't know. Does it? <laughs> well, now that you've questioned me, I'm not, I'm not confident. I've never given Gav money, so... Has he ever asked you for money? Oh, shit, have I, though? <gasps> yeah, maybe you have. You're it's coming to our paid-for X-Files night tomorrow. I didn't get to say, but that money's specifically for you, not for Gav Murphy. Interesting. Don't give it to him, he'll just buy the drugs. The first one of those actually will be happening um, before this podcast. Yeah, unfortunately. Up. But if you do want to attend, a, uh, there's a, it's yeah. a night at the loading bar. How often's happening? Well, we don't know yet. Depends okay. on how much money we make. <laughs> that makes um, sense. But, but yeah, but they're doing it. Yeah, it's hope, hopefully bi-weekly, but we'll a bi bi-monthly, bi-month, bi-monthly. not bi-weekly. <laughs> Fucking every hell. two months or every two weeks. Every two weeks. Wow. Two a month. Two a Hopefully. month. Hopefully. Fortnightly. We'll That's we'll see how it goes. And it's a, a, it's a sort of X-Files based <laughs> drinking quiz. We're, sh- we're showing f- episodes of X-Files with a drinking game attached to them and then doing quizzes once everyone's drunk afterwards. It's going to be great. That does sound like a lot of fun. It's going to be fun. Yeah. Um, but to get back on topic, can I tell you yeah, how sure. I started Fallout 4? Okay. Because it's been weird. Because <laughs> um, it is like, uh, it's a nicer looking game. The gunplay's all better. Mm. Um, it actually feels like like towards quite a good shooting game. Like I like going around shooting bad guys now, as opposed to just going into vats and be like... Yip, yip, yeah, yip. I've heard they've done a better job of that. Yeah. It is better. Um, and the guns are a bit more satisfying. They've got a million adjectives, though. They Once you craft them, it adds an adjective. So they're like, tactical, camouflage, pocketed, rifle. That's like, really strange. Right. <laughs> but, oh, that sounds very Skyrim. Yeah, yeah. So basically what I've done is I did the first section. So there's like a, a sort of get-to-know-the-world um, pre-war. Everyone has seen this in trailers. So it's mm-hmm. like, oh, the first time we've seen the weird 50s world that this used to be. And then you end up in a vault. Um, firstly, the vault story, which was always my favourite bit of Fallout, um, is colossally boring and shit in this one. (laughs) Um, after, like, Fallout 3, where you got a sense of, like, a society, and this one's just, like, it's bad experiment, bye, and you never go back, and you're like... Well, you can go back. You can, it's rubbish. Yes. Um, so, yeah, 
There's not much to that. And that was a bit sad. And then I got out and I unlocked the ability to build settlements, which is the new thing in this. Yeah, you can, I've heard a lot of people talking about Certain areas you can do some like minor crafting building stuff. Um, and I've ended up just spending about four to six hours <laughs> making um, yeah. a cool building. It's very satisfying. It's, it's like, it's really janky mm. and quite limited, but there's something incredibly satisfying about forcing it to do what you want. So really early on, I came across a gas station. Well, it's you like know, Animal Apocalypse. No, it doesn't work. But yeah, that, you know what I was doing. that one, yes. Um, so early on, you come across a gas station. It's got like old 50s building with um, the sort of covered bit for the fuel pumpers. Um <laughs> You know, so there's like a building with a covered bit over it. You said that like an alien who'd seen somebody fuel pampers, pampers, <laughs> alien humans pump fuel. Your land cars need fuel pumping. <laughs> <laughs> so I decided that what I was going to do was build a sky city that lived on top of this gas station. This is what you do. I remember that the first time I met you. Yeah, this is what you did. I made the Panopticon in yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. in Minecraft. It's fun. Um, so in this one, <laughs> what I've done is built two staircases up to the roof, and then I built like a big building with all my things. And then I'm going to make like a cool tree fort that just lives above this gas station, free of gravity. How, I mean, how how do you do that? So like, well, you can't build trees, Joe. No, but like it's going to be all wood. So essentially, I built. <laughs> can you actually make like vertical towns? And yeah. Stuff? Wow. That's, like that's not pretty, towns so much. So it's quite difficult. It's going to be limited, and it's going to take me so long. Yeah. All I've done so far is built like a cool shed full of my shit that I a need. A pre-made okay, right. shed. No, I so, so don't make really. a pre-made shed. I made my own shed so out of metal. So Joe's Sky City is so far a shed. It's a shed, <laughs> and then off, In the, the sky. Off, off the front of the gas station... <laughs> I'm getting a real War of the Worlds, we can live a new life underground vibe from yeah, this. Yeah, but this is It'll now... Be amazing, we can play cricket. <laughs> <laughs> but all I've done is, the, off the front of the gas station, there's two more staircases that somehow support themselves independent of gravity, and then a few boards with a nice sofa and a radio and a rug. <laughs> and so it's just like a nice place to sit down and look at the landscape. I would mm. like, like a nice picket fence around it. But See, I'm going to build it. You can like build bridges through the yeah. through the sky and stuff. I've been doing bridge. They float. It's Yeah, so I'm weird. fully going to build like, like six or seven buildings in mm-hmm. the sky that I'm almost positive none of the settler AI people will be able to navigate no. <laughs> in any way. This so. is the problem. I've been building bridges, mm. and they're slightly skew-if. They don't quite meet up with the edges of the buildings so, so the bridges connect. So I know that the actual AI is just going to be like, well, I'm not going there. I, can't, I yeah. don't have a stepping animation, so I can't I can tell that. that there's something magic about this game because yeah. the fact that every... Well, either that or people are just dim because every review I've read have given it like a fantastic score, mm-hmm. caveated with, yeah, but this game is like really broken. I've not um, come across brokenness yet. It's, it's a- silly things. Like, the fact that when... Okay, so none of the ground is flat, because obviously it's, it's no, yeah, the real no. world isn't flat. So when you're putting down walls and floors, you start off and they're here, 
and then the ground will dip. So the walls are cl- clicking together. Gotcha. So some of them are floating and you're just like, well, there's no way to fix that. They haven't thought about this. No. And, so and I wonder how they patch that without breaking everyone's I houses. I don't no. think they ever will. I think the settlements will be as they are. They'll just yeah. add more pieces and you'll just... Like, I think kind of half the idea is just going like, look, this isn't the game. So work around it. Like, yeah. it is just a mini game, but I, oh. but I really... You know, I, something about it is getting to me because it is silly enough and weird enough. Yeah. And I really like the idea of, like, filling a sky city with cows. Yeah. Uh, I mean, <laughs> so, you know if the Witcher tried to do something, it would be just as silly. It wouldn't as, yeah, work yeah. in the same way. Because yeah. you get things like that in the Witcher and no one minds. And, you no. know, I can't <laughs> say enough that I don't mind that stuff. Yeah. It's like I, I actually am fully behind people, like, not allowing... Uh, kind of super quality uh, aesthetic perfection to get in the way of interesting ideas mm. um, but I just I'm, I'm interested I think it's one of the things where at the yeah. moment the hype is unbelievable yeah and um, yeah I kind of feel like I'm gonna wait a little while like I, I am interested specifically just into having that kind of wasteland to explore yeah I do enjoy that element of it and actually like you know Bethesda I think a lot of their games I feel they're quite hollow but mm-hmm. I think they're very good at making nice landscapes. Yeah, and there's a lot to yeah. be said for walking around and looking. Thinking, oh, this is good. That's isn't kind it? of it. It's it like there nails are nails that. Yeah, there sure. are. You know, like I came across a cave and I went into the cave and there were just some mole rats <laughs> and it was rubbish. Like from a gameplay perspective, nothing happened. I found a letter. Nah, it had a joke in it, and mm-hmm. that was it. But the experience of coming across that cave and going. I'm going to go in there and steal all the fungus on the walls. <laughs> like something about that is works for me. Like you know, what's weird though. Like I, I was and me and Quinn we were talking about this earlier today on the same page of being like the next like Oblivion style thing they do. Mm. I'm up for playing that, oh, but weirdly, so good. I'm not up for this. And I think mm. it's because in my mind, like Fallout, I like the landscapes, but the um, it's just it's such a hum- the human element is mm. just never quite right. And I think part yeah. of that comes down to the fact that whenever you meet, whenever you go to a settlement in in a, a Bethesda Fallout game, mm. you walk in and somebody's like, "Oh, you know, it's it's not great around here, but mm. we get by." There's and it's got this sort of, of optimistic, like, and then that's a normal place, right? That's my impression of a normal place. Yeah. And then the other type of place is either, "What are you doing here? <laughs> we kill people here, and that's all we do." Or, "Oh, this place would would be less bad." It would probably be immediately good if this one person was yeah. dead. <laughs> and it's like, that's the three flavours of it's, town. Yeah. It's all Wild West films. Yeah. yeah that's, where, that's whereas, it. Like, whereas, like, you know, in the original Fallout games, you turn up to a place and everyone was just like, either like, I like living here. Or, this place is a bad place to live. Like, <laughs> you got the sense of, like, lots of people just stuck in places because travelling around it's the most dangerous was the most thing dangerous thing you could do so you just turned up to places and it wasn't people being like, well, you know, we get by. <laughs> it was people going... My life is hell. <laughs> I can't do anything about it. Yeah. It's still it's still like that in Fallout. Because it's so concentrated on the settlements thing, it's so proud of it. It's like, please do this. Uh, a lot of it is, hey, maybe that settlement could be our friends. Go and kill the super mutants for them, and then you do it, and then you're like, mm, that didn't really give me anything. But then there's also the ones they've put loads of effort into, the same as like Megaton and things like that, where everyone has personalities and Diamond Cities like that, where they've actually bothered to animate people and there's all these stories going on that you might not even discover throughout your playtime and I accidentally had the face surgeon killed so now I can't change my face. 
And he was the one who did the tattoos. Wants tattoos. You can get face tattoos now. How, when you say yeah. accidentally killed him, was that part of another quest? It was, yeah. Wow. Like, I had this mission that was like, go and see the face surgeon, maybe get a tattoo. Wouldn't that be nice? And I was like, yeah, I'll come back. This tattoo went very badly? No, I came back and the detective, who also lived in the city, was like, wow, I've got this murder case. And I was like, oh, who's been murdered? And he went, the face surgeon. And I was like, oh, no. <laughs> he was, oh. There must be another Yeah, presumably face. there's more face surgeons. Well, I would hope so. Any more face surgeons in the sea. Exactly. Yeah. My mother always said. <laughs> there's something there's something quite appealing about that like I mean that's not an emergent event but um mm. I think it was no. Rich Stanton's review of it where he was quite down on it but he did make the point that like one time he was just escaping from a load of fucking scorpions <laughs> and ran into a town to get help and they just killed all the quest givers. And he can't have any of those quests anymore. But that's and the thing Fallout has always been good yeah, at. Yeah. But dies. that is quite <laughs> nice. Yeah. Like, it, they, you know, they might have lost some of the spirit or at least the narrative spirit of the old things, but mm. there is still a sense of, like, for a big game, they're still doing things that yeah. most games will not do. Mm. Like, they are going... We trust you to be adults about this. Don't kill like, everyone, Either okay? reload or deal with it, um, <laughs> which I quite like. One of my favourite moments in, in the Fallout series is uh, you go to the place where Caesar's Legion is and they run this lottery. Oh, what, in New Vegas? Uh, yeah. Yeah. And they run this lottery and basically the person who wins the lottery gets to not die. Uh, and this guy, uh, it's, it's obviously like a triggered quest. You, you enter the town, it goes, you've discovered this place. And this guy runs up to you and the camera stops and looks at him. He goes, yeah. I won the lottery. Oh, I'm not going to die. And I shot him in the face. And <laughs> I thought he was trying to kill me. So I just shot him in the face. And then I discovered what was going on. And I was like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. <laughs> Oh, no. <laughs> I kind of That's like that. Really unpleasant. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so do you actually like it? I can't tell I whether you like the game or I not. do. I like it a lot. It feels like it's got personality. You know, sometimes when you play a game and you have a I've fun, heard they actually done a lot better that, that Yeah. Fun. It doesn't just feel like, like Assassin's Creed can sometimes feel like you're just running from marker to marker collecting stuff rather than actually engaging with the story or the world. I think with Fallout, I am I do care about what's going on. It sounds like Bethesda have broken their uh, chain of making a game which is basically Captain Protagonist and the Plasticine people. <laughs> well, uh, there's is... still some very bad lip syncing, and they haven't quite got faces right. I mean, they really haven't. Well, got I've faces always heard right. the, the thing that, that I've heard this a couple of times <laughs> as a rumor within the industry that the, actually Bethesda games are just made incredibly cheaply, and that actually huh. other other like publishers really fucking hate, hate that because it's this thing of you know like you get people like like EA who spend millions of Bioware making yeah. these incredibly high things and then they get torn to shreds for like a few <laughs> things being wrong yeah. but there's to have a small team I mean I think it was a photograph for the Fallout 4 team was on yeah, it's not, only yeah. about 100 not people and they make these like basically these very big quite thin quite simple games and they allow mm. them to be full of things that aren't quite right and and people just adore them. And that's the only thing. Yeah. I'm not saying that that's a bad way to develop games. But it's the fact that everyone just unequivocally adores it. Yeah. Other, yeah. other companies are like, well, no, we need to spend the money to make it, like, right. And then but everyone's it's, like, it's yeah, adorable. but you missed this bit, you fucks. Like, they didn't bother, like, well, not didn't bother, but they didn't spend budget on having a tour or, like, much publicity because they know that... I mean, they don't need to, and they oh, can put it somewhere else. Well, has been through the yes, fucking roof. It has, but in different ways to normal. Like they haven't saturated people with with adverts and gameplay so much. No, I think that's why they've they've actually got a real mainstream mm. smash hit by mm. the looks of it. Is because they haven't really bothered with dealing with press as much. Yeah. They've just gone <laughs> straight to marketing and mm-hmm. done it. Really, I mean, it's like a it's like a 
a minigun of marketing. I've been watching it from afar, just being like, this is a spectacular yeah. tour de force of, of violent pushing of a product. I do think they are... I still don't get what it is that makes Fallout the one, because I get why Skyrim appeals to so many people. People mm. understand fantasy and, you know, that kind of, like, sort of low fantasy oddness just works because people know what Lord of the Rings is. Mm. But I don't understand why Fallout's the hit it is, because it is it is at a base level incredibly weird and very niche in the got, way it sets up. You've got guns instead of a bow and arrow. Guns are in this step. And also, I do think it is the fact that post-apocalyptic stuff has always been cool and always yeah. been loved. Mm. And that's why I fell in love with, like, you know, Fallout in the first place. Mm. And when Fallout 3 came out, it was a weird time in the fact there wasn't really much in the way of post-apocalyptic fiction mm. in kind of that mainstream area at that point. And the same with Cyberpunk with, like, Deus Ex coming back. It yes. was like Cyberpunk and post-apocalyptic was, like, kind of 80s stuff that kind mm. of fell out of vogue. And then when it came back, it was just Fallout brought it back, in a way, to video games. Yeah. And for lots of people, it was probably the first um, properly, you know, big post-apocalyptic yeah. exploration game they'd ever played. I and just think it's an interesting mass market phenomenon. Like, I mean... Because it's in- so many weird... It's like 50s and Americana and the atomic age, and you're like, I don't know what any of this stuff is. And like, I do love it, don't yeah. get me wrong, but I'm, <laughs> I'm surprised that it's like, you know, it's, you know, Call of Duty's just done the biggest opening sales of the year. This is not going to be far behind. Mm-hmm. No, like... Call of Duty yeah. makes sense. Well, new Call of Duty doesn't, but, <laughs> but I think maybe actually it's a part of it. You've got this uh, post-apocalyptic stuff, uh, which is kind of fun. Mm. Uh, you've got this sort of like going through the wasteland. This idea that you're like, it's naughty. It's a bit naughty, yeah. isn't it? You feel like you can do whatever you want mm. because you're just a, a wandering stranger, and that's what I liked about the original games. They just did it in a bit more of an interesting way. But then also, I think maybe the Americana plays a part in it, like yeah. especially like the rest of the world. Um, I mean, it sort of the things are changing now, and people are getting a bit more like actually, America's probably bad. <laughs> but for a lot of people, and um, within mainstream culture, America is still seen as just being this really cool thing. Mm. Like yeah. American stuff is cool. It's how we were all brought up. Like mm. so much of British culture was defined by Friends. It's the reason mm. Starbucks is popular. For fuck's sake. <laughs> like it's it's this weird thing of us. So I think maybe that's it. This mm. it's like the ultimate of it because even if people think now actually yeah modern America is kind of pretty scary. fucked and scary. <laughs> yep. Fifties America, you know Elvis, yeah. this sort of thing still exists. It's still kind yeah. of perfect. It's this time yeah. capsule of you know. That's kind of what's lovely about Fallout's worldview as a whole is that it's like the apocalypse means that that 50s America never gets to turn wrong. It's yeah. just like, it was the good times, people. Yeah, but we, we had, also had robots. We had curvy cars and, <laughs> yeah. and women wore long dresses. That's it. Like, I think one of the things that makes Fallout and other games so successful is it's it's all a meme. Like, Call of Duty, it's not a meme. You can't meme Call of Duty. It's just shooting. But when it comes to Fallout, there's so many recognisable icons. You've got the dog, you've got the bombs, you've got the 50s stuff. It's just instantly recognisable. And and I think that's what's working for games at the moment Mm. is just... Like icons, like you've got Geralt, you've got he's got two swords. You're not going to forget that guy. <laughs> it's an unbelievably important thing for marketing yeah. as well. Of just having something simple that I remember there was a period um, in the, the dark days about four years ago when there were just too many bloody like middle of the road games. Mm-hmm. When publishers started putting the, the logo for the game on the watermark of screenshots, and it was like if you have to do that, you <laughs> yeah. fucked it. Yeah, like if your mm. game is not identifiable 
immediately by a screenshot. Yeah. You fucked it. Mm. But Fallout's um, posters are all just Vault Boy. They're just Vault Boy. I, yeah. I, I was thinking that as we because we saw yeah. on the way here though. You know, there's tube adverts with yeah. Vault Boy giving the big thumbs up, and you kind of look at it and you're like. It's weird. Like, no one who doesn't play games is going to know what that is. One, I don't get it. <laughs> well, no, because he's a big cartoon man. But I just like, yeah. I like that thing where, like, Fault Boy's ultimately, like, really negative symbol in those games. Yep. But as soon as he's on marketing, it's like, he's the big thumbs up I'm going to buy everything quiff. with his face well, on. It's exactly the same with um, Bethesda's marketing is exactly the same as Activision's for Call of Duty. Mm. When actually, all you need to do is go, it's out. Yeah, <laughs> and that's it. It's yeah. like Call of Duty's out, and like with Skyrim, it was just like picture of a Viking. You can buy it now. Yeah, yeah, and that's all I need to do. <laughs> Loads of posters being like it's, it's in the shops, and then people go fuck. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just buy it. Like you don't need to be like it's great. It's this. Yeah. It's that. It's the most exciting. It's just like it's here. Mm-hmm. Is all you need to say. Is, uh, Bethesda have been so smart with their marketing like starting with the E3 thing and just being like here it is hey five months yeah so that's the best thing that, that, that was amazing. amazing I think people are learning from that and I yeah. think that's a big change I mean Ubisoft mm. with their like two year campaigns it's done them so little favours because by the time games come out everyone's just too busy they're, A they're bored of the idea <laughs> yeah so oh, the Assassin's I, Creed like yeah well it was like Watch Dogs and oh, now Watch Dogs um, is unbelievable and what's it called the new one um, the um the what's it called the the the, the it's an orange division font. oh the division. the division the division yeah I Watch Dogs the in New York or something but the thing is when they both of these games when they were announced unbelievable that hype. was like three years ago yep <laughs> unbelievable hype by the time they come out no one will care yeah mm-hmm. and it's that thing of you know they announced Fallout Four and then it was out with them. yeah yeah but you announced what you know the finished product's going to be. The problem with The Division is they go, oh, it's going to be amazing. And then they go, actually, it's going to be less amazing than what we said. Sorry about that. It'll be out in five years. And you yeah. go, oh, okay. Well, why did you tell us? Don't tell us. Just tell us when it's nearly ready. It's only, it's, yeah. <laughs> it's only a matter of time till we get Sega Saturn again. Someone says, it's in shops. We didn't tell you. And it doesn't sell and they go out of business. Well, that kind of happened with the game, uh, with the beginner's guide. It, was, it just came out of nowhere. Yeah, it like, that's It's true. out and no one knew anything about yeah, it. Yeah, that's interesting. And it was mm, kind of cool. I thought about that. But yeah. It still happens. But yeah. No, that's cool. I mean, what would you say to someone like, finally, before we wrap this up, uh, what would you say to... Um, because I guess the thing is, most people, uh, if they are, were really up for this, they've already got it, they're already playing it. But what would you say to someone like me, who's basically, they've played Skyrim and they had fun with that for about 20, 30 hours, but then they kind of walked away from it feeling a bit empty. And they played Fallout 3 and really liked it at the time. But weirdly, I, I think that's the weird thing, is it's, it's, it's that MMO thing for me of... of with New Vegas, I finished it and I've left with memories. I've left mm. with fondness. Whereas with... With every Bethesda game, I found them incredibly compulsive and incredibly able to 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 take my time and give me a good time in return. But then, in retrospect, I feel nothing. Mm. Um, is there is is there is Fallout Four worth the time for people like me? Not me because I don't have time. To it work. is hard to say because I mean, obviously, when you have reviewed copies, you kind of forget that Fallout Four costs like forty five pounds. That's quite a lot of an investment for me to go play the first five hours, see how you feel, because it, it doesn't work like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. You don't spend £45 or something and go, oh, I don't really like it, though. You have to. Um, I don't I don't know what I'd say. I'm not sure. <laughs> to be honest, I, I think if you are the kind of person that feels empty about Bethesda games, mm. my initial impression is probably feel the same. Yeah. Like, settlements isn't big enough to make you distracted from that. Mm. I would even stuff like you know give it five hours even as somebody who you know spending money yeah, on games a is, long time. Mm. <laughs> it's a lot of time yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, I think 
It's an interesting one. I don't think there are many games that get exploration. The the sense of like, yeah, what the fuck is that? Yeah. As well. Like this still has it. This still has that spark of, even if it's ultimately empty, mm. it still has the compulsive, I really want to see what that water yeah. tower is because I bet there's bad guys there. And that's, yeah. that is fun. That's yeah. human. So but- there's, there's a moment in The Witcher 3 where you're kind of around the edges of uh, Velen. And uh, you're like, oh, I shouldn't be here. This is a bit high level for me. And you see a tree on a hill and it's a really big tree. Oh, yeah. And you're like, that's a thing. If you like that moment, you're probably going to like Fallout. Well, then here's my thing <laughs> in the fact that I'm, you know, I'm I'm somebody who I'm trying to get out of the cycle of, of playing things just because they're out and just yeah. because yeah. then everyone's talking about them, even though the majority of the industry doesn't function like that and actually talking about things if you're not completely timely the majority of people do not give a fuck. Mm. It's like, why are you talking about that game? It came out two weeks ago. <laughs> and that's the way the internet works. But I'm trying to yeah. forcibly remove myself from that world. And it's difficult because mm. I feel like I've been mashed into it. Have my neurons like kind of pushed into all the gaps? Well, yeah. this is the thing is by the time this is out, this podcast, it'll be done. What, no one a day before the Star be Wars Battlefront. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And oh, it's no. absolutely amazing. It's like <laughs> this is it. And you can only grab a few things. And actually I'm yeah. gonna be covering Star Wars Battlefront for um for a site, I think. So I'm gonna be playing a bit of that. Hmm. Um but yeah, well, mm. like a bunch. But I, I as I say, I've still haven't finished The Witcher Three. Yeah, and it's that thing of being like I should probably just play The Witcher 3, right? Because yeah. I, I get the impression The Witcher 3 better. is just a better game. I think it's better. And at the moment, yeah. you look at the internet and that seems insane because everyone's just like everyone's fire like, Why are you and love. And, uh, but <laughs> I, I wonder how much it will fade. But that's yeah. the thing is, having finished The Witcher 3, this is perfect. I want this. I want that exploration mm. again. But it does but feel like, especially this year, you have to consciously choose which ones you're going to involve yourself yep. with. You can't play Fallout and Tomb Raider. You just can't. You can't do both. Uh, isn't that and, like, ridiculous? No one's that, like, talking about Tomb Raider, and apparently it's really good. Yeah, isn't that insane? Just well, play not, that instead. I'm not going to talk about it this week because I've only played like the first hour, and I really mm. don't feel like I've got a good enough grasp of it. But I just started playing the um, the latest StarCraft Two thing, oh, like yeah. um, Legacy of the Void, which is the Protoss guys. I find it difficult to get behind that because basically, like. Um, the whole StarCraft thing is basically Warcraft with a slant yeah. and the fact that it's like humans are humans are Terrans come on come on <laughs> well done and then like you know the undead are basically Zerg mm. but they're like kind of it's cool because it's like it's the same as the undead but they're bugs and it's a bit Starship troopery <laughs> and that really is StarCraft so does that make Protoss like, orcs? well this no elves Oh yeah, yeah, of course. That's the thing, and that—that's the thing about it is it's kind of like I. There might probably be some people out there going, oh, "I love the Protoss," but really, it's like it's uh, for me. Starcraft is is Terrans and Zerg. The Protoss are like these weird elves, but elves are kind of I can just about get behind them in Warcraft because they're like, "Oh, we fucking love this big glowy tree," or, <laughs> or like check out these pools of blue water we've got. They make us young and sexy, and it's like it's kind of all tied into kind of Lord of the Rings style mythology that they use all this bollocks language like oh Ethadriel love globally <laughs> why do you bring your presence to the chamber of whispers <laughs> and you kind of go alright yeah this is kind of like you're laying this on a bit fucking thick but I'm down with it but when it's then put into sci-fi world and they're like it's oh yeah like Xanadu and uh, Z- Xerox are fighting for control of the, the shadow chambers of yeah. Zeratul um and it's like, especially, I watched actually the kind of catch up thing for like the story so far. And it's weird how it is almost like 
in my mind, and this might just be me, the whole Protoss plot, the whole Protoss involvement in the StarCraft plot feels like uh, you're at a festival and they're like the band that when they come on you just sort of think, ah, I'm going <laughs> to get a beer. Glastonbury slot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're like, they're, they're, you're like, I'm actually, I'm just going to get a beer while it's happening because it is just mm. like factions splitting off and fighting, but then aligning under a leader and then it's just like, I don't care. Yeah. Give me the bugs, give me the men with the guns. So, but actually having said that, I've played a tiny bit, I am enjoying it, but even though that came out this week, I'll talk about next week so I've played more, but my God, like... I may either like Blizzard Activision just think oh it's not very good fuck it but mm. or but it's just weird like no one's talking about it yeah and like people talked about Heart of the Swarm wasn't it yeah. the last one yeah. people really talked about that well and it's a big deal but it's, I suppose it is what four, four or five years later I think it's kind of terrifying at the moment with websites because traffic is so important that it is just like it rather than having websites being like well let's have an article and Fallout 4 an article on this and article on this game and actually having like covering all the big things it makes just sense just to go well let's just have 12 articles on Fallout 4 yeah. and maybe like a tiny thing going oh Starcraft's out I mm. read I mean, it that's the thing I know I know but that's, that's, so that's the thing that I get it but it's oh. kind of like it's kind of weird it's yeah. odd it's um, it's interesting it kind of makes you go it makes you realise that websites well we talked last week about how Destiny is the silent the silent audience. Yeah. There are Destiny websites where those people go. They don't need other websites mm. because they only play one game. They just need the website full of people like them who know exactly what's going on in Destiny. There like, are people still playing Titanfall. They don't need to go on a game's website and be like, where are the latest thingy things? Those people are heroes, by the way. I like <laughs> those people a lot. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, it, but it is odd. Like, you kind of... There's that occasional reminder that you're like... Yeah, games websites are just a tiny piece of this puzzle. Oh, yeah, like, absolutely. No matter how many millions of people visit them, you go, yeah, but, you know, this this isn't it. No, like, yeah, no, yeah, yeah. And yeah. I work for one, and I know that. Yeah. But, it, it, but it is strange. You just, like, you know, there are, there are probably subreddits with as many readers. Yeah. But it's the same thing. Just case to one You idea. have to tell yourself that about comments as well. Whenever you get like all the shitty comments, you have to be like, this is a tiny fraction of people who give a shit. And that's why mm. Destiny is always my my kind of hope, my thing of being like, no, because you know, like millions of people play this and I love this game and these people love this game mm-hmm. and they don't talk. Yeah. Yay. So they don't need to because <laughs> they're adults. Yeah. That's yeah. probably it. And I like that. It's like, yeah, okay. Like, yeah. yeah. It's it's not too bad. In fact, somebody earlier actually, this is uh, we'll jump to questions now. But I remember one question said somebody said to me that um, about how I said Destiny community just seems quite good mm-hmm. uh, because of the reasons we've this. They said, "What's it like in terms of they're asking me? Is the um, community kind of welcoming to like um, LBGT and kind of like uh, more minority groups?" And the answer is, I don't know. Like this is such a weirdly invisible thing. And actually, in a way, it's kind of great because the norm is not to talk. When, when we talked to the past about the idea of uh, voice communications is switched off as standard, mm. it's not that you switch it on. It's like because the game's um, objectives are so simple mm-hmm. and so um, kind of, what's the word? Um, where you just know innate. No, no, not quite, but you know what I mean. Um, <laughs> implicit. Implicit. You just You just do it. Mm. And you don't need to talk to anyone. So it's like that's what's kind of nice about it. And that's why those moments where you have to talk are so special, like those complicated yeah. strikes and raids. Those moments where it's like, no, this is the point at which Destiny becomes a communication game. 
are it, it illuminates those moments. But it's that like, nice thing. Of like, it used to be in other games where you had the option not to talk. People would get really fucked off with you if you didn't talk. Yeah. Whereas a lot of time you can just play it with strangers, <laughs> mm. and then you kill a boss and everyone dances, and yeah. you, have, you have these nice, <laughs> oh, warm, adorable. adorable experiences <laughs> with strangers, and like uh, they might all be like actual Nazis. But you don't need to know. <laughs> but Isn't I don't that need to know. That's like pre-internet, not having to know that people sucked. That's exactly yeah. it. It's like when you, you know, somebody like, you know, on this train, somebody yeah. like, somebody kind of like, maybe somebody does something, somebody on the train is an asshole, and you, you catch eyes with somebody else, and you both kind of go, <laughs> as if to go, oh, they're an asshole. Yeah. And, you know, that person might be a Nazi, but you don't know, and you have a nice little yeah. human moment. So sometimes it's good just not talking to people. <laughs> I like that. Um, that's the oh. more of that story. Um, so I don't know, but um, it's probably fine. So let's, let's do some questions. We've got a new system, by the way, on... Mm-hmm. Um, Dark Souls questions. The way to do it is you go to coolghost.net and then look for the button at the top which says Dark Souls. Then there is a specific thing there which is a questions thread. So basically you can ask questions and then you can get them answered. But the other thing is if you don't really want to ask questions and you can just go and peruse this thread of questions and upvote using the Discord mm-hmm. system the ones that you want to hear answered. So you don't have to be like, you know, Johnny Big Bag of Answers. <laughs> Although I must note lots of people have entirely ignored the only instruction, which is please don't ramble on for three paragraphs before you get to what you yep. want to ask, because it's it's really necessary and quite frustrating when you're trying to record a podcast. <laughs> Cheers. Um, so please don't do that, because uh, you do just want to ask. I just want to answer questions. I really um, want to shout this guy's name. <laughs> the thing is, I will read all this stuff as well. Honestly, I will read it all, but just ask yeah. the question first and then just tell me a bit about yeah. yourself and what you're doing. I'm interested. It's just... It's not good radio. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, so, yeah, oh, this is a, a boring one. Somebody's seen that I've been wearing a Radiohead T-shirt. I actually wanted to talk about this one. Oh, no. <laughs> no, go for it. Go for it. Fine. Yeah. Uh, I'm so a the rose qu- between two idiots. So the question from, the question from Thomas. You are a rose and we are idiots. <laughs> yeah. The question from Thomas is, Matthew, every now and then I see you wearing a Radiohead T-shirt and I think to myself, I wonder what Matt's ra- favourite Radiohead album is. So what is your favourite al- Radiohead album and why? Why isn't it Kid A? That's, that's a good. I would Why like to isn't the follow up uh, from ENL and and if it isn't Kid A, oh sorry, and if it is Kid A, why isn't it in Rainbows? That guy took my answer. Yeah, in Rainbows is the the free the correct one, answer. you hipster. No, I paid for it. Oh, did you? Yeah, I did actually. Got <laughs> a special edition. We all paid for it, and we made them like millionaires. Yeah, we made them even more millionaires. <laughs> Great. Yeah, it's probably in Rainbows. Um, but I, I've got to say, I'm a, I was a big fan, and a lot of get a lot of stick for this. But I was a big fan of Hell to the Thief. Had some good oh, Hell to the Thief is brilliant. Well, you're the first people, person people I, used to have a, I used to have a lot of arguments with my friends at college about this because <laughs> everyone was like, "No, it's rubbish. It's crazy. It's great. It's got about wolves knocking on doors." That's exactly <laughs> the one. Yeah, I love that song. Incredible. Talks stuff. about eating sweetmeats. It's talking about eating people's balls, man. It's crazy. Yeah, and I mean, even like <laughs> drunken punch up at a wedding. Yeah, it's just a fantastic name for a song. So good. Oh. Oh, so good. Yeah, Radiohead are a good band. Apart um, from Pablo Honey. Let's forget that happened. But I've got to say, actually, the nice thing about that T-shirt that I still wear is I've owned I've owned that T-shirt for almost 15 years or something. Mm. It almost doesn't fit me anymore because as a human, I've slowly expanded it in, <laughs> in interesting ways. Oh, um, dear. <laughs> and that's not a good way of putting it. You're a mess of bones sticking out at the wrong God. angles. You bones. <laughs> Where are we going to put them? Uh, no, no. Um, just a bit of fat and muscle, isn't it? I used to just be like a waif. Anyway, um, the broccoli days. What's <laughs> the broccoli? Ha- Hallucinian broccoli days. 
Uh, what's good is that yeah, they really had their own site called Waste, which mm. made their own clothes and. It's just incredibly well made. Like it's that's actually a nice thing. You kind of think, oh, I wish, my, I really wish more clothes took the same approach that waste. Because waste, as a that was Radiohead shop, took a really strong approach to like well produced. It was quite expensive, but mm. it was because everything was like really well ethically made, and it shows because it's the only, it's pretty much oldest item of clothing, and yet it still doesn't look old. Yeah, because mm. it's like Chilling. it's made really well. So that's I always I was like that before. Yeah. It's probably Nigel Godrich produced that shirt by hand. By hand, he yeah. knitted it. Okay, we've got a question from Vimesy seventy four. This is a uh, this is a question which is always popular and comes again and again in different forms. Like so a, like hard a, this like question. A wraith in the night <laughs> that pretends to be your friend. Who are you, friend? It's because no one's ever given a satisfactory answer to this oh, question. Because it's really hard. Yeah. It's just wondering what is the worst game you dearly love. In fact, I have answered this so many times. For example, a game with narrative so bad or gameplay so glitchy, you want nothing more than slink with a duck corner. With it at parties. Oh, that's a sex thing. That's Goodness. a very, that's a very sexy thing. Um, <laughs> you lead a cool life, Vimesy. Yeah, Vimesy. <laughs> like I, you know I, when you go to parties and there's women, <laughs> and you slink like off into dark video games. I don't do that slinking off. I've never done slinking. There's, off with, off. there's <laughs> women with like limbs defying physics, like floating, clipping through themselves, and he's like, "I want to slink off in a corner with you, babe." <laughs> and then she gets her arms stuck in the wall. Yeah. <laughs> And tells a really shit story. Can we do this after the podcast? It's getting steamy. (laughs) All glitches. (laughs) Honestly, limbs were going everywhere. (laughs) Oh, Oh dear. So, what games do you want to have sex with at a party, Matt? Oh, Oh, bad ones. That's a better question, actually. Bad women in leather jackets. Bad game in a leather jacket. Uh, Oh, it it would have to be an old PC game because they used to come in the big cardboard boxes. Yeah, you could wrap a leather jacket around. I thought you were just saying, because that's the only one that my dick would fit into. Oh, Oh, Joe. What? Joe. You made the joke. I just found the punchline. It's no, fine. That's, that's true. We you got f- there. You found the you found the punchline in a bin, Joe. <laughs> uh, that's I where he know. lives. He does live in a bin. <laughs> bin man, Joe. I, I like lots of bad games. Mm. Uh, less these days, but... um. Oh, I see. You're all about the good games now. <laughs> yeah, I just... I kind of am. Yeah, I've played too many things. Well, no, I think it's, it's the exception is I don't mind playing a bad game if it's got some, like, phenomenally interesting ideas. Well, I was going to say, like, Dragon's Dogma is the classic yeah, answer yeah, of this, yeah. where it is, like, it is a bad game. <laughs> Like, as in how it's made is... A lot of it doesn't work. But it's also probably one of the best games ever made. Yeah. <laughs> it's really yeah. strange. I was very fond of the um, Game of Thrones RPG, which oh, I've mentioned course, many yeah. times, just because it has a... I, again, it's an RPS review of it, sort of said mm. about how it's almost like all of the voice acting cast in it, almost like it seems like it's halfway through recording, they realise the plot's all right. And suddenly it just goes from being really phoned in to being really good. Yeah. Aww. And then when the story ends, it's like, this is fucking awesome. <laughs> Even though the game itself is absolute garbage. Mm. Um, like, unbelievable. I mean, I always think PSO as well. It's like, it's it's clearly not a good game. Um, but I've put in like, well, it's not good enough for me to have put in like 600 hours. Like when I was younger. Yeah. And it's not the most time I put in now. I think games have got much better now at taking your time um, without you noticing. But it was spectacular that a game that basic really did. Like, well, that was like modem days as well. So that was like costing you per hour. Well, no, but half of that time was on the GameCube and I couldn't yeah, yeah, get my bloody fair. GameCube to connect to the internet. And so I just played it on my own for mm. another 200 hours after having the Dreamcast days. <laughs> so I just had my like level 
200 Hugh Cast robot man with amazing armor and amazing guns just playing on my own. I never oh. played that game, but it always had the best adverts in game magazines. Like those characters look unbelievable and like they couldn't be real in games. <laughs> cool. They always have weird weapons and cool faces. Yeah, all of the weapon design, all of the character design was really abstract and colourful and strange. Something destiny. And the, well, that's it, it yeah. But the thing is, the music as well was very, like, um, almost, like, futuristic, but also ethereal. Like, mm. yeah, this sort of strangely, like, mystical... Yeah, it was amazing. And that's it. <laughs> destiny has basically usurped, usurped it now, in my mind, because it is basically the same thing. But it's amazing that everyone's up with Destiny games, oh, it's nothing to do in Destiny. It's like, you've oh, fucking... You should have played PSO, mate. <laughs> that game had nothing to do in it, and we played it forever. <laughs> um, well, I'm trying to think of bad games. I've only got one Go on. that I kept, I kept bringing it up oh, when I, I worked for O&M. Yeah, you do. Shut up. When I worked at O&M, I kept being like, please let me write about Harry Potter on the Game Boy, please. Because <laughs> it was one of those... When you were younger, you only had two or three games. And if you were stupid at games like me and you had Link to the Past and you didn't understand how it worked and you spent 20 minutes, 20 hours even, before you even get to the first temple being like, I don't know how Zelda works, then, you know, mm, yeah. Um, so- I just feel tremendously old that <laughs> you being younger was playing a Harry Potter game. Well, I mean, this wasn't the first game I played. It was just the first game I owned. So oh, before okay. that, it was all my dad's consoles that I'd be playing on or all the ones where I went to after school club. Well, and yeah, like, having having got ownership of something is, is really something. Yeah, I get to play it all the time. I don't have to share it with my stupid brother. Um, so I had this Harry Potter game and it wasn't very good. It was before, I think it was before the films. So it kind of had an idea of, of what the characters looked like before... The characters were sort of set in stone as, you know, Daniel Radcliffe and co. So it was sort of interesting. And I mean, it's a, it's a bad game. It's it's Game Boy Color graphics. I was very fond look. of lots of games on the Game Boy Color. The well-made ones, yes. No, and the bad ones. I remember playing the Tony Hawk's game on oh, Game Boy yeah. Color a lot as well. Tony Hawk used to be great. Yeah, but the Tony Hawk's on the Game Boy Color wasn't great, but I played that a lot. Yeah, well, I played Harry Potter maybe like 10 to 15 times through. Wow. Because every single time it saved certain things, like it saved your character stats and the, the cards you'd collected. And I'm not sure it was supposed to, but it just made that every playthrough <laughs> I was like, I know where everything is now and I'm going to make the most badass Harry Potter I possibly can. And I think there was something quite nice you about that. You cheesed Harry Potter. I, yeah, basically Had did. you discovered Pokemon at this stage? Yeah, I never really never like, got into that. Uh, not not pro. I mean, I played the, a lot of Pokemon. That but, was the first yeah. handheld game which blew my mind. Like, yeah, I yeah. played quite a few, and I had it on the Game Boy, and I was like, "What yeah. the fuck is this?" It's like that thing <laughs> of going, "There's no way this fits in here. This is bullshit." Yeah, like this is they've lied to me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so it's doing something special. Yeah. Um, the one that sticks in my head weirdly is a No Mark 3DS game called uh, I think it's called Crash. Bandicoot? No, maybe it's called Runaway. <laughs> I don't know. It's so generic, I don't remember what it is. But basically, it's um, a Japanese driving game that bas- it fucked up localization so much that it ended up just coming out on the eShop for like 30 quid. And wow. I played a review copy of it. And it's 
you just drive around in dumb cars, like smashing into stuff and getting paid what the insurance of those items cost. So, like, you can drive through a museum and just... That's not how insurance works. No, no, it's not. Maybe in Japan. I don't know. (laughs) But, like, you just drive... Like, there's a... I just... the My most vivid moment of it was, like, a bright yellow sports car driving through a museum and smashing down a dinosaur skeleton it just goes allosaurus $130,000 in the corner and you're like wow. this is brilliant and then there's stuff where you can like swap out what vehicles you meant to have so it's got this dumb shit like spy narrative it's like you got to paradrop a car into this special lab and I chose a bus so it's just paradropping like there's a bus on a tiny parachute just floating into this shitty lab where I go in the back door and steal their supercar or whatever it was it's dumb shit and like I, I don't I, it's probably still 30 quid but for some reason it sticks in my head it's like this hilarious like weird 7 out of 10 9 people played in it sounds a West. lot like the old era of demo discs. Because oh, I think yeah. people talk about demo discs a lot, but maybe people who weren't around for that back in the sort of like PlayStation 1 day, mm. I realise that, that demos as we know them now are vastly different to what demos yeah. were back mm. then. Now demos now are these kind of quite heavily produced marketing things. Mm. So they're often like the start of the game and they have tutorial bits, but they have like extra elements like that you play with some of the fun things you'll get in the end of the game and all this stuff and they're quite carefully made and they're expensive to make back then it felt like they were like he would just give you like a tiny bit of the start of the game like the first level Mm. or the Mm -hmm. first race in the thing and often with nothing else so it would just drop you into this thing and you wouldn't know what (laughs) I remember playing demo disc demos um, on my mate's PlayStation 1 and just Half of them, you just didn't know how to play it. Yeah. Mm. And so you just gave up because you were like, I don't understand. Or you just play over <laughs> and over until you get it, which is yeah. mad. Like, but that was kind of wonderful. That the amount of times you just load up these things and go, what the fuck is this? I yeah. feel like that was a game in itself. Like, when you're a kid and, again, you don't have many games and one of them happens to be a demo or something you got in a cereal box, you're going to play it again and again and make a game out of the fact that it's not really a game. I liked that. Some of them like were more than you ever needed. Like yeah. I remember the fact that like Doom and stuff was shareware. So the f- you got yeah. the first the first chapter of Doom was free. That's all I've ever played. Yeah. Like I mean I know people are like, oh, I love Doom. I finished the whole thing. I'm like, oh. Why? <laughs> Just the first bit's great. Like I think I liked yeah. Duke Nukem enough to be like, oh, I want to play the rest of this. Mm. But then actually it was a lot of it was rubbish. So shareware, let's bring that back. Yeah. <laughs> I love um, shareware. It's my favourite. And this is um a people ask questions and these questions have already been asked. Yes, that last one is definitely. And it's like don't just. I know people like asking questions, but try and ask a question. There's a new one. Please, I'm not having a go. I'm just asking nicely because otherwise, people listen to this podcast. Are probably sitting here going, oh, how many times do we have to hear Matt talking about place Fantasy Star Online and the bloody Game of Thrones <laughs> RPG? And it's not my fault; it's the question's fault. I refuse to take responsibility for any of my actions. Mm. <laughs> um, there's a question here. I'm going to jump down to because it was to do with we stuff, and both of you guys used to work for O and M at one time or mm. another. So I'm going to, I think I just saw it. Is that the one? Yes. So KG asks, I've been a strict PC gamer 
with capital capitalization uh don't do that since the days of the nes now i've been given a nintendo wii not a wii u just a wii what games apart from mario kart is worth giving a go on this oldish console first of all it's not just a wii matthew if anything it might even be better than I the think, wii u i think yeah well, oh, okay. no. <laughs> well, well hang on you no. can you can play um GameCube games, which makes it better, because GameCube's the best. Only on old Wii. Yeah. Is this yeah. not a... See, there okay. were, there were First versions of, all, of the Wii gonna, that don't We're going to need you to clarify games. which Wii you've got before we can properly answer we're this question. We're not talking about GameCube games on the Wii. <laughs> Fine. Basically, you want to play Zack and Wiki, which is amazing. That's amazing, yeah. Zack and Wiki is one of the best point-and-click adventures ever made. See, this is one of the things I used to read O&M, mm. and there were these one, like, five games that kept cropping up. That one, mm. Little King Story, yep. and others that I've forgotten. And I bought Little King Story, probably on Matthew's advice, mm. and it's rubbish. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry, it's not 90%. I've heard very mixed things about it's Little King rubbish. Story. It looks like sweet <laughs> bullshit to me. But Zack and Wiki... Is awesome, so Never good. Got it. It's a so it's a game in which it turns your it turns your actions within that game into physical mini games, basically. So you've got this. You're like a little pirate man, and you've got a monkey that has, can turn so. into a bell uh, <laughs> for some reason. He's kind. It's kind of like Adventure Time. It's like okay. you've got a transforming monkey pal, and every time you need to do stuff, it's about manipulating the Wii controller, and it just makes for these like. Clever little physical puzzles in the you know in the industry now where you go people are going mad for like Alien Isolation and Soma where it's all about moving physical physical things getting a sense of like tactile feedback from your game. This did it better and before. A lot of the stuff was really bespoke. It wasn't this thing of being like oh it's another one of these puzzles. It was like every puzzle felt fresh. Had a new special monkey transformation. Okay, (laughs) it's really good. Oh, it's fantastic. Yeah, Yeah. such a good. I played it with my old housemate, and we just sat in the living room, just being like, just trying to get a puzzle. (laughs) Yeah, being delighted by it. Yeah, there's at least uh, at least one Pikmin game on Wii, right? Pikmin two. Pikmin two. Yeah, with new play control came out. But you're getting back into GameCube. I don't, no, not. I don't know if Pikmin. I I didn't like Pikmin. Okay, that much. It it's was, very uh, it's very marmite. I think. Well, I I liked it, but I found it it tickled a part of my brain which I'm not sure it was supposed to of oh. doing that kind of um. Oh, that's not, well, not like that. Not like that. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> no, I mean uh, it, it made me not want them to die. Mm. Oh, and it meant okay. I kept restarting levels yeah. because they died. Yeah, they're much too cute to mm. see as lemmings. And also you, get, also, you get the numbers oh. at the end of yeah. you, and that for me kind of did the fire emblem thing of yeah. of actually like slowly eroding my enjoyment of the game because I can't stand to see anything less than perfection. Mm. Which I think is like I can't work out if that's a game design fault or a brain fault. Mm. <laughs> There's a weird crossover kind yeah. of. Uh, <laughs> Venn diagram there. Yeah. Sorry. Madness game design. (laughs) Whose fault is it? They're both. They're both. Wii games, there are some excellent light gun games, the best of them being um, ah, fucking House of the Dead Overkill, which is an insane comedy B-movie version of House of the Dead. I like the Rabbids games. Which ones? Interesting. Um, (laughs) That is a... Sideways yeah. manoeuvre that I was not expecting. Yeah. I can't remember, but I remember liking them. They've got lots of strange mini games, and I did play it quite a lot with my family. So there's like a band one where you're all just kind of messing around. Yeah, some of them were like Fun. doing like kind of dancing yeah. with the remotes, and you had to like do like mm. kind of night fever. Yeah. Uh, one of them I remember was you had to you had lots of the rabbits running towards you, and you had to use the like kind of the remote to 
this as like a he had a hose that was firing, I think, carrot juice, and he had to like fill up their goggles with carrot juice so they couldn't <laughs> see anything. For this is the thing is honestly like at the time I could not be like go and buy this. Mm. This is fucking yeah. amazing. But now like you could probably buy these things for like a matter of pounds. And what was yeah. lovely oh, about yeah. the rabbits games is that. It was a series of mini games. It was a bit like WarioWare in the fact that it just kept popping up with mad shit. Mm-hmm. Like, what the fuck is going on? Actually, yeah. yeah, God, there's a WarioWare game on Wii. Was yeah. that a good one? No, I can't remember. It's not the best, but it's what, n- no WarioWare game has ever been bad. So no, that's true. Like Game and Wario doesn't count because that's not called WarioWare. Um, <laughs> there's uh, oh God, yeah. I mean, we're ignoring the obvious. Super Mario Galaxies one and two are like probably the best platformers ever made. If and you've not probably, played them, it's insane. I mean, Super Paper Mario is not great, nor or is it anywhere near the best in the series? But all right, give it a go. Um, and <laughs> Zelda, probably. Yeah. Twilight Princess is good. Never got into it. Actually, um, no, it's not that good. It's all right. It's quite I, dark. Oh, God, yeah, it's no, Skyward Sword is good. Skyward Sword is a really cool game. Yeah, that was too. Wii. It got, yeah, and it got... But you have to buy Motion Plus, which can be a bit of a pain in the ass. Yeah. But it, Sky, Skyward Sword's weird because the initial experience is so special like mm. it feels amazing it's lovely it's um but lovely the structure game. of the game lets it down because you have to revisit it's not zelda every new every new place is a new dungeon it's go back to old hubs mm-hmm. and rediscover new they things got so- really into that uh, for a while i remember with mm. the ds games as well it was all about revisiting and yeah it was a theme that they ran yeah. with and it was a really bad idea yeah it's, it doesn't Some work perfectly but it is <laughs> I mean, Skyward Sword is also legitimately beautiful. It's like, so lovely. it looks so much I've better been than most other games. I've been talking about doing it for years, but I really do want to just like because I've heard that you know, yes, sorry, it's piracy, but I, I'll buy the game properly. But I've just heard <laughs> the emulation on the PC mm. is fantastic because inexplicably, is, yeah. the Wii, like the actual assets on the disc, yeah, were HD. Well, it's the same with Wind Waker. <laughs> like yeah. Wind Waker, if you emulate the GameCube version of Wind Waker on a, in HD. It looks better than the remake they made on really? Wii U. It yeah. looks incredible. That's the thing, is like a lot of the time actually the textures and stuff were done for a higher resolution than the game yeah. the system could support. And it's one of these things where it's like, you know, I I don't want to do this, but like, you know, I've got a Wii U, you've got a HD console, like Nintendo, if you want to just put it out, I'll yeah. buy it, but they're not going to noob. Um, so I'm gonna do whatever I wanna do yeah. in my house. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, well, there's, there's so much good stuff on the Wii. Actually. The Wii is a great, weird console. Mm. It was hard at the time because uh, because of the relationship um, that it had with retail, because it had this massive, widespread appeal. Mm. It meant that the Wii got a lot of stigma for being this thing that you walk into shops and you see all this stuff, and it would just be like walls of junk because it was it was basically snake oil. Like it yeah. was just like mad rush of new people who didn't understand the hobby coming in and saying to people in the purple shirts who worked in game, oh, I've just got this console, what's good? And they go, oh, Fairground Games by THQ. Yeah. No. You know, and I mean, the thing is, though, <laughs> fuck it, because we saw how that panned out for gaming. I mean, now they're back and they're a company again, but they went yeah. bankrupt as fuck because they they were hugely disrespectful as a company mm. to everyone. Mm. Um, but yeah. Worth pointing out that Wii Sports is still legitimately like oh, one of yeah. the most amazing things that like, games ever if did. If it's a party game on the Wii, it's probably good. Yeah. Generally, I mean, it works well with the with the controls and with people. So, buy many many controllers and get some friends. Yeah, <laughs> Not I'd still you say don't already have them. I'd still say we use better though, but you know, that's just me. It's the new dream. That's just you. Yeah. 
it is the new Dreamcast. What, because it's got a second screen? Is that it? No, because it's like a beautiful console that died before its time and it's full of weird shit that no one got. (laughs) It's totally dead. The next, the only Wii U game I know that's coming out is Animal Crossing Amiibo Festival, which is a Mario Party game without (laughs) mini-games. Like, they don't care. That's the D team. And that's fine. Because as as the NX is brilliant. I, I mean, I'm actually really glad that they're not making the mistake they've made for years of of, and this is why I got so fucked off with people at E3 this year. Everyone being so angry with Nintendo for not announcing loads of games. Mm. It's like no, because that's why they're in a terrible place. Is because they kept doing this thing of going, oh well, this console's dying. Well, I guess here's a Zelda game, mm. oh, but you've already gone. Well, here's Metroid. Here's Metroid Trilogy. You guys, you said you want. Oh, everyone's gone. <laughs> and it's this thing of being like, no, like save it. Like yeah. if you're working on something that's amazing, save it for the launch of the I new mean, thing. They Actually, did do was... Triforce Heroes. So. Yeah, but that's 3DS. That's 3DS. 3DS yeah, is doing fine. But, but that's them going, here's the Zelda game, but look, we've put it on a console you like. And then it was terrible, and you're like, oh, okay. No. Well, no, they always have a weird relationship with uh, yeah. handhelds. Yeah, it's true. Like, I mean, it was the fact that, like, I like the DS um, Zeldas, some of them. Mm. They were, like, very mm. much weirdly defined by, let's keep going back to the same dungeon over again. Oh, but, God. But... <laughs> But they were fun, like for a, yeah. until you thought, "Fuck off!" Yeah, that's it. <laughs> they were fun. Well, I have to do the five levels again that are really easy, but take ages. Cool. And the new one, I cannot quite work out why, but um, a link between worlds on the three DS is probably one of my favourite yeah, Zelda games. I think it, I think it is my favourite Zelda. There's game. very little about it that that allows me to explain why that is. It's lovely. Yeah, yeah that's, <laughs> that's it. it. Which yeah. is mad. Like with other games, I can be like, "Well, it had this plotline, this character, had this mechanic." Yeah. But this one was just fucking lovely. It's just classic Zelda yeah. done to a T. Like it's they just the they, they took they, out everything that didn't work. They've reskinned Link to the Past, so you've got you've got the nostalgia factor like to a T. I didn't even play that. Mm. I only again, I only played up to the first temple and then got stuck. So I know the world. I just don't know no, the actually, temples. I'm not sure. I did play it. I played it on the Game Boy Color or something, Game Boy Advance, but I forgot. Anyway, that's all we've got time for this time. Done some questions. If you want more questions in your biscuit, join our club. I've been awake for so long. I think I'm actually amazed I did this podcast. Yeah, I mean, well, last week you were dying of illness. This week Mm. you're dying of jet lag. I have consistently been quite bad. What's going to happen next week? No, you've dealt manfully and powerfully with it. I guess so, but I mean my corporeal form appears to be collapsing. Yeah, going all translucent. Well, then you would actually be a cool ghost. Whoa. Whoa. Or even a daft soul. It's yeah. all tying you, into you the know, brand. Actually, somebody <laughs> pointed that out. They thought that was a purposeful thing. Yeah. And it isn't. No. <laughs> People are like, oh, I really like the way they've got the theme, you know, cool ghost dust. You're dead souls. in both of them. Um, it's great. I didn't think of that. <laughs> but yeah, maybe I am dead. Maybe this Welcome is like... to adjective nouns. Yeah, precisely. It is basically <laughs> adjective nouns. The fact that they're spooky or creepy, that's just a weird coincidence. Adjective nouns. Spooky, creepy. Everybody likes them. <laughs> but thank you for listening to Dark Souls. And thank you so much for coming on, Kate. I'm sure we'll have one again. Um, and yeah, if you've enjoyed this podcast, then you can go to coolghost.net and there is a page where you can see questions. So you can vet the questions and upvote stuff you want and downvote stuff you don't want to hear. Stop me talking about Fantasy Star Online ever again because Jesus, <laughs> it's been done. You're going to get nine questions about it next week. Oh, I mean, if it's specific, fine, but mm. I've just gone through the basics way too many times. It's just dull for everyone, including me. <laughs> um, and yeah, 
if you particularly like this then you can check out other stuff on coolghost.net because it's all bloody good I highly recommend the subterfuge series because my god that's hotting up as ever <laughs> there are fireworks outside now of course because it's November and Britain doesn't know what the fuck it's doing <laughs> thank you very much for listening goodbye bye bye, bye.